Welcome to the Toka Backstage Podcast. Join Toka's Executive Director, Chris Wolf in conversations with the artists and people behind the scenes of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation's performances and events. Hi, welcome to another edition of Toka Backstage. This is Chris Wolf, the Executive Director of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation, and it's my pleasure today to be speaking with Neil Ketcher from Mortified. Mortified is a book, it's a podcast, it's a stage show, it's now a game. Um, the reason I'm bringing this to your attention is because on October 2nd, Mortified is doing a virtual uh, show for free. I've been working to try to get Mortified uh, to uh, the Armstrong or the Nakano or just somewhere in Torrance to share it with you, our audience, but unfortunately I haven't been able to work it out yet. So knowing that this is a free event, I thought I would share it with you because it's worth your time and effort to check it out. Again, it's October 2nd. You can go to getmortified.com for more information. You can, oops, get the book. You can get the game. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. If you don't know what Mortified is, stay tuned. We talk a lot about it and you'll learn a lot about what Mortified is. So take a listen and get Mortified. Um, so it's my pleasure and honor to be speaking with uh, Neil Ketcher, the uh, artistic director for Mortified. Now, if you haven't heard of Mortified, this is your lucky day because we're going to talk all things Mortified. I have to just do real quick background. I learned about Mortified, I think, like 12, 13 years ago, maybe longer. My wife and I went to a little club in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. And we had our eyes opened to Mortified. So, Neil, welcome. Let's start with giving our listeners, viewers, a, a quick rundown. What is Mortified? Well, so Mortified is a start as a live show where adults get on stage and they share the most embarrassing things they wrote as kids. So, like your diaries, your old journals, love letters, um, song lyrics in front of total strangers. So, it's a comedy show. Uh, comedy show meets storytelling show where people just bear their childhood souls on stage and um, with the idea that people will both laugh but also understand who that kid was. And I, I have to tell you, I, I saw myself in, I don't know how many of the people I saw doing it. What? So the show came before the book? Yeah, the show is now um, 18 years old, the live show. Um, and then the book came in 2006. So, uh, is that right? 2006. Yeah. So the show was around for about four years before the book came out. The first well, book. And, and the reason I, I felt uh, really like I had to do this interview with you and, and, and share it with, uh, people in Torrance and the South Bay is because now they don't have to drive to Hollywood or, um, parts unknown because you're doing a virtual show on October 2nd, and it's free to attend. And uh, this, the theme is games we play. And I believe the reason for that is because you guys not only now have a book, a podcast, a TV series, and a live show, but now you have a game? We do. We have a game coming out called I Can't Believe I Did That. And this is the game. That's what it looks like on the back. You can actually pull out some of the cards. And basically... It's a, a game you can play at home. It's like a party game 
that you can play at home with your friends or your, well, you can play with your family if you're okay with sharing certain things with your family um, and they're okay hearing it. Um, and basically what it is, it's almost like uh, going to a mortified show, but you can do it at home with your friends. So you and your friends get to share all the greatest stories from your childhood with each other and get to know each other. So uh, the game has all, is filled with all these fun prompts. Let's see if I can find a fun one here. Um, so like, here's a card. So you get, you pick a card at the beginning of every round and every player would tell a story uh, based on a prompt in the game. And this one is called uh, a moment when you wore your heart on your sleeve and then the biggest, or the, sorry, the most vulnerable wins. I can't read backwards. So if you put it up to the screen, I can't read back. So, so everybody would go around and tell a story based on that prompt. And then the winner would, uh, the winner is the, one that everybody agrees would be the very most vulnerable out of everybody uh, who told a story. Um, and so you go around and you tell stories like that. It's a really fun way to get to know people in ways that you didn't, and learn lots of things that you didn't know about them. Even if they're like your very best friend, there's always stories and things that you just, what, that really happened? Yeah. Um, so it turns out to be a very fun bonding party game. Um, and so part of our live event coming up on the the, the second is to promote the game, which is coming out uh, three days before. And we're actually going to have a segment probably at the end of that show with a couple of surprise guests, which we have yet to announce um, that will play the game um, against each other. And, uh, and maybe the audience will even get to vote on who wins the game. And the, go the goal would be eventually everybody would be able to play this at home with their friends or over Zoom. Um, it's very hard right now to have live events over Zoom. And we think that being able to play this game with your friends who you can't really see right now, because maybe you're not in the same quarantine bubble as them, this is a really fun thing to do with them. How fun. Um, I, I, okay, I gotta, now I gotta get a game because I have a book. I've seen the show. I've listened to the podcast. So where, where did this come from? Where did the idea of Mortified come from? So the idea of Mortified came from uh, my producing partner, Dave, um, about, yeah, so about 18 years ago, a little more than that, he discovered a love letter in his closet, an unsent love letter to a girl that he knew and had a deep, uh, had a very big crush on in high school. She didn't really know him that well, but he knew her, I guess, uh, had a crush on her and decided one day to sit down and write her a love letter on the back of like a poetry club submission for high school and he wrote this love letter that almost feels more like a business cover letter than a love letter <laughs> um and he was planning on giving it to her luckily he never gave that letter to her because i don't think it would have went well first of all but second of all because you know uh, decades later he found that same letter sitting in his closet uh, pulled it out and just thought it was the very worst thing he'd ever seen and thought it was hilarious and shared it with his friends and uh, we all thought it was really funny. And then um, from there, over time, it became like, what do you guys have? And so then we all started digging in our closets. And before you knew it, you know, there was enough to do a live show of this where we all got up on stage um, and shared, um, shared some of our old, uh, very uh, embarrassing writings before an audience. And from the first show, it was, it, 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 it was, uh, you know, unlike uh, most theater experiences I had had up to that point, it was just so exciting and fun. And you left feeling 
like you couldn't, you know, your cheeks hurt from laughing so hard, but you actually, um, you know, you also just felt better. <laughs> you kind of felt better. You realize, oh, hey, I'm not the only one who felt completely alone or a weirdo as a kid. So that was that was a, an unexpected reward from the show that we didn't know at the time. And, and I guess that's a big reason why we still do it now. And do you still get people submitting stuff? We do. Um, we uh, So we have mortified live shows all across the country and all across the world. Um, we have chapters in, uh, we have two chapters in California, in uh, uh, LA and San Francisco, and then little satellites that happen um, around those. And then we also have live shows in like Portland and all over the country. And um, the thing that's amazing to us is that we don't really solicit people. We don't track people down and say, hey, do you have something from your childhood? People just submit to our website. And that's been happening, you know, for almost two full decades. Like that's how we cast our show is people approach us, maybe because they saw the live show or they saw something on Netflix. And then we meet with them and then we work really hard with them to figure out like, well, what's interesting or funny to a stranger. Um, and that's always been the process. So it, it's been a, a lucky process for us in a lot of ways. Well, and, and you've, you've also done like a TV show or di a different variations of TV shows. Cause I remember watching, I think it was the Shoebox where you, you, you there were stars connected with it. Um, how many iterations of the TV show did you guys do? Well, we've had a few different, um, well, I won't even count the unaired versions <laughs> before. So, I mean, the interesting backstory around that is that, um, I think even from the very first show or from the like first couple of shows, because we do the show in, in the LA area, we've always had, um, industry people, TV people come and, and approach us to like, Hey, this should be a TV show. Um, and so there's actually been a lot of iterations of that where we sort of like went into the sort of grist mill of Hollywood and try to get something made. Um, and the network process for many reasons sort of always ended up watering down or changing what the original project was. And so we had a, a few different failed versions of Mortified. Um, I won't name the networks but they changed it for, for their reasons, which I understand. But, and then eventually we sort of, um, we hit a point um, maybe about in 2011, 2012, we hit a point where like, we don't want to, we don't, we don't want to like, you know, try again with the Hollywood system. If we ever want to make, if we ever want to have something, we should find a way to work with someone who's outside the system and, and partner with them and just make, you know, make a version of Mortified uh, as a film first is what we did um, that actually captures what the project is. And so we did that. And then that ended up on Netflix. Netflix actually years ago before they were the Netflix they are now, they secretly helped fund um, the Mortif uh, Mortified Nation, which is our documentary that we made. And they really allowed us to make the film that we wanted to make. And so the way we made it was we traveled around the country and we uh, shot a documentary at the various different mortified chapters all across the country and had a really interesting eclectic mix of people get on stage and share their, um, their, their old uh, childhood writings. And, um, and we, we made something that really felt like it captured the, the essence of what mortified is. And that's still on Netflix called mortified nation. Um, you can check that out. And then from there, and what's interesting about that is we made that, 
we started to make that because we were also simultaneously making that um, uh, that interview show that we did called the Shoebox Sessions, which you um, just mentioned earlier, and that was a that was sort of a spinoff of Mortified, um, based on the fact that like one of the most fun things about doing Mortified is getting to sit down with people who are total strangers to you and just having them open up their old journals from when they were in middle school or whatever it was and and have them just start sharing with you. And the kind of conversations you get into people that you don't really even know are incredibly personal. And it's it's like a version of therapy. We've had people tell us many times that they there's things that we end up talking about when they're sharing their childhood writings it's like things that they don't even talk to their own therapist about and so it's it's um really a rewarding part of the process and so we created a tv series based on that called the shoebox sessions which was we were going to sit down with people you know to find out like what uh from their childhood writings um held the clues to who they were going to become and so that was the premise of that show. And so we did a, a couple seasons of that for the Sundance channel. And that was really fun. And we got to sit down with a lot of interesting folks. Um, and then simultaneously though, we, we liked that show, but also, um, you know, working with celebrities is, is its own challenge. And it was also in some ways, like we wanted to make something that was a representation of Mortified, which is more about, um, uh, talking to everyday people, pe you know, us, normal people, just us, like, and because they, their stories were, were in a lot of ways way more interesting and more revelatory about the human condition. And so, uh, you know, so we were very excited when we got to make that film. And then from there, Netflix, we partnered again with Netflix to make a TV series called The Mortified Guide. That was more of a mini series that we made. Uh, we made six episodes with them. Um, and that's still available on Netflix. And that's very similar to the documentary film, um, but we have lots of other fun things in there, like little animations where we take someone's old childhood writings and make a uh, like a short animation about it. Um, and that was really fun too. That was really rewarding. And we made that a few years ago. It's still available on Netflix. Um, and I think the big lesson we've always learned through that is, you know, if you want, you know, when you're in the world of theater, which, you know, or in the world of, um, you know, these sort of tiny storytelling shows. Um, if you want to preserve it, if you want to make it right, you kind of have to find a way to make it yourself. And I think that's always been a good lesson for us is like, if we want to put something into the world, if we want it to exist, don't depend on, um, don't depend on other people who think they're smarter than you to make it. Go and make it yourself. Well, and I think that that goes to, to a point that always comes up in these conversations with people is you always have to be authentic. You know, and, and I have to say that one of the things I love about going to a live mortified is watching these people who you've never met and they, while they're reading their stuff, they're like, I can't, you can see in their face, like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but they have like hundreds of people, however many in the room, like just all going, oh, and like, hug, you know, there's a sense of everybody just hugging them like, oh, it's okay, you know, it's, you'll get through it. It's, it's, it's a really wonderful experience. So when things get back to normal, I have to, if I, if I and I've been trying for a while, but if I can't get mortified to, to Torrance, everybody out there has to go see a mortified show. It's, it's one of the funnest things. There are things that we saw 
during the first second time we went in Hollywood that my wife and I still laugh about. I mean, one of the, there was one story of a, a girl from Canada who um, had a crush on a, on, a, on the bad boy in class and she had to write, the, the thing was it was an oral report and in order to do, and so it was about the history of Canada. And so she, because she knew that the guy she had a crush on played the guitar, she learned the guitar and wrote a song about the history of Canada. And then she starts playing it and it's like Stairway to Heaven. But she, yep. she Stairway it. to Winnipeg is the yeah, song. Yeah, it was, it, it, it just, yeah. It's, but um, so, you, but you're, you come from like producing, directing background because I you didn't you've done like other television right yeah so I, I actually come from um, I've sort of done a lot of different things in in like the business over the years I originally came out to LA to be a, a writer a comedy writer and so I've sort of worked in many different industries I worked in um, sort of doc reality television for many years but then I also worked a lot um, um, worked on a various in various comedy writing rooms I worked with a, a long time I worked with um, uh, Bruce McCullough from the Kids in the Hall it was one of my all-time favorite sketch comedy shows growing up. They're also Canadian. We're, we're on a Canadian riff here, um, and um, and I've worked on a various different like comedy shows and pilots um, as a writer, um, and that. So yeah, so I've done all that. But I have to say that Mortified, working on Mortified has probably been the most gratifying aspect of it. Like doing a live story. I think growing up when I was a little kid, um, I always wanted to. Um, I had only a few jobs that I ever wanted to do as a kid. One was I wanted to be like a, a play-by-play a, a broadcaster for a sports team, or then I wanted to do stand-up comedy. And I, I learned like sort of as I grew up that I didn't really want to do stand-up comedy. And I met lots of stand-up comics who were like, don't do this. We're the most depressed people on earth. Um, and I go, yeah, I, I can be depressed. I could do that. But ultimately I decided not to. And um but getting to Mortified, it's this weird combination of the things that I love, which is comedy, but also this sort of like, um, but not just comedy for comedy's sake. It's comedy, but with this like uh, heavy dose of pathos um, and almost um, just something that um, is so human that um, that it was undeniable for me. Like it's almost like therapy meets comedy. And it, it's one of my, it, it was more rewarding than anything I'd ever worked on up to that point. And I think one of the reasons why Dave and I have sort of like kept doing it for, you know, almost two decades now, it's, it's, I never thought it would become the project that like I spent the vast majority of my adult life doing. And I should say that Dave and I, um, because we've also done almost 200 episodes now of our podcast. Um, that's called the Mortified Podcast. It's a very original title. Um, and we get to do lots of interesting things on there, but one of the things that we've done over that time is we've really gone into storytelling in podcast form and audio form. So we're actually almost about to do our 200th episode, but what we're also doing, and that's partially because of, um, what the pandemic has forced all of us to do, um, who do live theater events is we have to find other ways to, to um, explore our creativity. And so we're also um, working currently on a project that is actually for tweens. So instead of doing a show that's like about teenagehood for adults, now we're doing a show about teenagehood for kids nine to 13 years old. 
and it's a podcast called Ooh, You're in Trouble. And it's a show all about what happens when kids break rules and what do they learn in the process. So it's this very cool show that, that, that it's, it's, a, it's basically an educational show, but also incredibly fun and funny to work on. Um, and we're doing that uh, in cooperation with this new network called Tracks um, and with the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. So okay. it's, it's, been, it's been a really wonderful, um, a really wonderful thing. So is there, is, what's the trajectory of, of Mortified? I mean, do you see it like continuing on? Or are you guys, what, what, what is your hope for it? <clears throat> That's a very good question. Um, I think, uh, I think um, you know, we have to see when the live shows get back going. You know, we, it, there's a lot of unknown because of the pandemic, right? So, like, we were, you know, like, uh, a lot of our stage shows, our live shows all across the country are, you know, keep going because people still want to go see it. And the, our producers in those cities still want to produce it. And people still want to get on stage and share their, their writings. Um, but now we're in this situation where maybe we're in a pandemic where there's no live shows for two years or close to that. Like, the latest I heard was not everyone will have a vaccine until end of second quarter or beginning of third quarter of 2021. And so it's going to be real interesting when we get back. Uh, you know, there's a lot of unknown. We don't totally know um, that that's the honest truth. I mean, we'd love to be able to keep having the, having those live shows exist because we think it's offering something um, that you can't get in a lot of other places. Um and I think it's I think it's ultimately helpful for for society, for all of us to have some things like mortified and you know to go to and to experience and to share with, share with our friends and family. Um, so the truth is, we don't totally know what's going to happen with the live shows. I hope I hope we have live shows when it ends. Um, uh, we are also currently working on some other sort of projects that may be for you know that are sort of mortified spinoffs. Um, that are more for um, TV or film. Do you, so we'll do, see. Do you see yourselves do you, in the interim? Are you guys going to continue doing virtual stuff, or is it is this like a one time one off? We're we're doing it. So I mean, we're doing a couple of shows this year. We're going to do one on October second, which is uh, the one um, that's going to be themed around games, and then we'll probably do another one around the holiday season that'll be themed around family and togetherness in the holidays. Um, uh, and we might do more, we'll probably do more virtual shows, uh, not necessarily, we're not trying to make money off those. We're just trying to have those be, um, events for people to, uh, who want to go see a mortified event, but can't get to them. Um, they're really more as a service than anything else and more for people to like, you know, Hey, remember, there's still these things that we used to love to go to called storytelling shows. <laughs> well, and I think I, 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 when I saw that, uh, got the email that this was coming up, I got so excited. I was like, I, I have to like tell people out there that this exists because whenever I talk to people, I go, Oh, you, you gotta go see mortified. I had to bring, um, to people from our family to say, you have to come to this. I bought the tickets and I, I made them come and they now they're big fans. So seeing that it was like live virtually for free, it was like something people can't pass up. So October 2nd, 7 p.m. Now, if they wanna like keep up with Mortified, how do they do that? 
Uh, well, the easiest way is to go and sign up for our newsletter um, at getmortified.com. Can't believe I didn't name check the internet, <laughs> the website's all now, but yeah, so that's getmortified.com if I hadn't already said it. And um, and the other best way is all to, also to follow us uh, by listening to our podcast. Honestly, that's a place where we have a show, um, an episode that comes out every other week. And it's a really great place where we, you know, share lots of like fun upcoming things um, on there that um, that we often let people know in our that are loyal podcast listeners where to find some of the cool things that, that we have coming up. And, and um, so I would say those two places. Plus, you can follow us on Twitter at Mortified and uh, at Mortified as well on Instagram. Uh, on the podcast, do you do it with? Um, do you do the stories with people? Or is it just you guys talking about the stories? Oh, no. It's so, it's so great, great question. So the podcast, um, um, by and large, uh, features audio from recorded at our live shows all across the world. Um, and so uh, every episode will have like, uh, every episode has like a micro theme. Um, so like we have an episode called, uh, I don't know how sex works, as for instance. And it was story, different stories. Um, uh, uh, different performances of kids who who were sort of like writing or learning about sex, but really didn't know what they were talking about, or maybe experiencing kissing for the first time and things like that, and just maybe getting the mechanics way wrong. Um, so every episode, every episode has like what we call a micro theme. So it's very narrow theme, and and so um, so, but most of the most of the podcast exists because of our live shows. Um, and so it's a great way to also get introduced to, to the live shows. Um, and then we also, um, we also have some other episodes. Like we just literally, the episode that just launched yesterday was a very special episode uh, where we interviewed uh, the two girls, uh, girls, the two women who star in Pen15 on Hulu, um, which is a show that's a weird, very weirdly, very similar to Mortified because it's these two actresses, um, Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine, who play, uh, they're adults, but they play teenagers in middle school, best friend, middle, middle school best friends, and all the other characters are actually kids, like actual middle schoolers. And so it's just very funny because it really does capture kind of what Mortified captures, which is like, you feel like you're a sore thumb in middle school, like you're the only one who looks and feels the way you do, except for maybe that one best friend that you have. So we did a whole episode based around middle school BFFs and we interviewed them and got to talk to them and even played uh, this game with them. <laughs> and, the, and, and it was game, a blast. The game is available also on your website? Not to yes, do a you plug, can but... get mortified.com slash shop slash game. So just go to the website and you'll find it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find it there. And I have to say it's it's a lot of fun. My eight-year-old son actually makes me and my wife play the game because he loves hearing the stories from our childhood. Um, so he'll like, he, he like begs to play it. And it's like, Henry, you have, my son is eight years old. So asking him to go back and talk about his childhood in this game <laughs> is very challenging. But he just loves hearing us tell stories. So he'll like pick the cards and make us answer the questions. Some questions we won't answer, like this one, we wouldn't answer in front of him, which is uh, one of the more risque cards. Tell me a moment when you were a dirty little perv, biggest horn dog wins. So that one we probably wouldn't do with him. But <laughs> um, I, I have to say one of the things too that was is remarkable, not only about the book, but the show 
and I'm sure the podcast is that when people go through stuff growing up, it's like you all, like you were saying earlier in, in middle school, you always feel like the sore thumb or, you know, the odd man out, but it's, everybody's going through similar stuff, if not the exact same feelings and stuff, which I think is, is kind of cathartic in a way. And I, I used to think it was watching mortified was um, a little bit schadenfreude, but now I think it's a little more cathartic than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the the nature and the pressure of sort of growing up in that middle school, grade school, and even high school environment is that the things that make you unique, you often stuff way down deep. And you hold these really big secrets or secrets that you think are really big um, that you become ashamed about. And they might not even be that big. Um, and when you, you know, one of the things that um, we get to do is that people get on stage and sometimes they end up sharing those things that were those secrets and to have a whole audience respond back to you that they and not just laugh at what you what you wrote um, and by laughing they're actually relating to you like they're going I get you and I think that's funny um, it helps you feel less alone like it sort of is somehow healing to that kid who's sitting in that class feeling like no one would ever understand them because when to know that actually, I didn't need to feel that alone is a big part of what it's about. Um, and like, literally, when we interviewed the girls from Pen15 the other day, one of them told us a story about how they hid their period, the, the fact that they had gotten their period when they were 12, and hadn't told anybody, they didn't tell their best friend, they didn't tell their parents. She hid it for months and months and months, like, um, in a very funny way, which I won't tell you now, but you'll have to listen to the episode. Um, to the point where like um, she only told like one popular kid in her class eventually that she had her period. And she told the popular kid because she figured uh, the, you know, the popular kid didn't know her well enough to like mock her for it. Like she didn't know her world enough to like mess up her world because she had her period. And it's just funny, these secrets that we keep that really don't need to be that big, but they create this um, um, enormous amount of shame that could sometimes affect us all the way into our adult lives. Yeah. And so just to be able to air that and get rid of that, uh, just like to, to realize you don't need to hold those things secrets, um, I think is special. And the other thing I would just say is one of the things that's always been rewarding for Mortified and, uh, is that, you know, the thing that uh, people don't realize when they come to us is the thing that makes you weird and makes you feel really different seems so specific and it for whatever reason to you it doesn't think you don't think that thing is universal so you don't share like people come to us they don't even share that thing that makes them unique and individual they bury it and by us talking to them like they'll eventually it'll come up somehow and something they wrote will sort of pick up on it and they'll be like oh you're interested in that and I'm like yeah we're interested in that and that you really that those things that that seem too specific to someone that seem so unique and individual those are the things that are most relatable. Those are the things that the audience wants to hear because those are the things that make all of us feel better. Well, and I'm, I'm wondering, do you, when you get all these, the, the uh, submissions, do you, do you find that there's a, a um, certain grade level that you get most submissions from? Like, is it junior high, high school, college, elementary school? Great question. Uh, it really varies. Uh, I would say that our sweet spot is somewhere in that middle school, early high school, late grade school uh, era. So like that, like what, like 10 to 16 range. But 
Uh, it really depends on uh, how bad of a writer someone is. Um, I'm a terrible writer. So for instance, the things I share in Mortified, which I didn't share in the original show, it took me years before I eventually shared the poetry that I wrote and the love letters I wrote. Um, I wasn't a poet. So when I tried to write poetry, it turned out so horrific that like the poetry I share is from when I was like 17 years old. And it like, it's, you know, we have people who come to us who are, who are way better writers at 10 and nine and eight than my 17 year old poetry. So it, you know, it comes like, and uh, we happen to love terrible writing. We're huge fans because terrible writing in a lot of ways is more revealing, I guess. Like uh, there's no sophistication. There's no, there's no, you're not hiding anything. It's just, here it is vomited on the page for you. And uh, I think it's, I've become a huge fan of just terrible writing as a, as a result of doing Mortified. Well, and I'm thankful that I've gotten rid of most of the bad stuff that I've ever written. So it's like, the only thing I have now is like scripts I wrote in junior high school and high school for like- Wait, what? Huh? Scripts? Continue? Scripts, like for like, um, I don't know. I, I But like- No, no, this is the sharing part of the podcast. I need to hear this. <laughs> what did you write? How have you not told us about this? Because I, I'm kind of like a voyeur. I like to watch as opposed to like participate. But what did I, you write? Just, uh, I wrote a, th a I think the, the stupidest one I ever wrote was actually, um, I, I'm a, a, growing up, I was a big Paul Williams fan. And there was one of his songs that growing up, I related to immensely, which was called Loneliness. So I wrote this, this script for a Super 8 film that was supposed to be, um, uh, it was called loneliness, but based on that song and it had a guardian angel come down and it was like, it was like a big steel stick. But one thing I did now, I forgot what I, where I was heading with this. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I got rid of all the poetry that I ever wrote because it was so huge. It could be worse bad. than mine. It couldn't have been worse than mine. Uh, I, if I had it, I think we could have a contest. <laughs> well, I will say so. Um, maybe this is like one of the stories to um, a, a good sort of personal story that I don't know uh, could even be a good closer. But um, so my poetry, I'm, uh, I actually met my wife through my childhood poetry because I shared my poetry on stage at a mortified event in 2006. And after that show, in, um, I shared it in San Francisco at the Makeout Room, which was our original venue in San Francisco. And a woman came up to me after that show and uh, we started talking. She loved my horrible poetry. And yeah, I ended up marrying her uh, uh, eventually. But uh, what we did at our wedding is that she also wrote truly horrific poetry that I didn't know about at the time we met. And um, so, uh, and then she eventually shared her poetry in Mortified. Um, and then one day, uh, so when we actually did our wedding, uh, you know how during weddings, there's a lot of times there like people share very uh, really nice, sweet, beautiful, romantic poetry mm -hmm. that are you know from the greats um, as a way to sort of like christen their you know the ceremony. We decided instead to take our our childhood poetry and make our parents read it, and so that was our poetry at our wedding. Was my mom got up and read uh, my worst poem, and then her dad got up and read her worst poem, and. It was nice to both be embarrassed, but also to get to embarrass our parents at our wedding. And I think it was. <laughs> and did it they, was, that it was, was a straight face? What? 
they did not do it with a straight. They could not hold that. They could not hold it. <laughs> I would say it's a great way. It's a great thing to have at a wedding. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, I just want to reiterate for all, for anyone watching or listening, it's uh, Mortified Games We Play. Uh, we'll be uh, doing virtual event on October 2nd, 7 p.m. You can get more information by going to getmortified.com. Yes. Um, and sign up for their their newsletter and they'll, they'll let you know. And then when all this is all done and we're back to normal, go out and see a live Mortified. I urge you, it's imperative that you do that. And, or submit something. We, we, we would always encourage you to submit. Especially if you play the game, you might realize that you have stuff sitting somewhere that you really ought to share. Um, I will say, uh, if I wasn't clear, that the live event we have coming up, um, it does. We will play a bit of the game at the very end of the event, but the whole top of the event, there'll be several storytellers sharing their uh, their own mortified journals and love letters and things like that at the top. So um, it'll it'll be a really fun event. So uh, we'd love to have you all be there and and become new mortified fans. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Neil. I can't thank you enough for taking the time, and um, hopefully we'll get some listeners uh, or viewers for you that would be awesome thank you for having me and and for your support it's always, always deeply appreciated <laughs>